Hi there, and welcome back to the said podcast, where we discuss important social issues and share informative news and give advice on how to be a good ally. I am your host, Uma, and today we will be discussing whitewashing of history and its effects. We are joined by our guests. I'm Alia, I'm 17, uh, my pronouns are she, her, and I am Indian and British. Um, my name is Gracie, I'm 18 years old, my pronouns are she, her, and I am white British. Okay, welcome to our podcast episode today, and so we'll just be discussing the overall topic of whitewashing, specifically in history and how it has led to a lot of misconceptions about POCs and how its effects can still be seen today in not only the education system but with our society and yeah so since you both of our guests are history students um, have you noticed the issue of whitewashing in history class? I think a lot of our material is um, developed in the Western world. So there are um, certain textbooks that we use, for example, that take um, stereotypical, stereotypically whitewashed perspectives. But I think that our history class is so um, diverse in a way, and our teacher does a good job of making sure that we know that where the origins of this textbook or the origins of the resource that we're using. Yeah, I completely agree. I think it's less of an issue of whitewashing in our class and more of the subject as a whole. Um, But yeah, I agree with what Alia said. Okay, um, moving on. Do you think, um, as you mentioned, that your teacher has um, recognized that there are effects of whitewashing? Um, Is that teacher the only one or... Have other history or humanity teachers also recognized the flaws within the education system? I think um, we're lucky because we have quite a progressive history department at this school. I think all of the history teachers do recognize the fact that uh, the a lot of, well, most of the topics are very Eurocentric and take this um, very Eurocentric, as I mentioned, um, perspective on historical events, which is limited by the fact that it's what the IB requires us to learn and we're taking this European education since we're in Switzerland. Uh, However, I think teachers do recognize the fact that it is a problem. Um, Yeah, I agree. And I, I think that what's most important is that we take into consideration the effects of that. Um, And like the first step is recognizing it, which I think our history department does really well, but then further that by Um, learning what are the effects of that, where is this in other situations that we might not have seen and just be more aware and have a bit of a a filter and a lens for when we um, are educated. Um, So you you mentioned that the history department is quite progressive, yet all of the history and humanity teachers are white and either come from Europe or Canada, UK, uh, America, Australia. So do you think that, you know, that having that perspective is okay for teaching history? Or do you think that the history department should be more diverse in mindset? I think there is some work to be done in that sense. Um, But I 
don't believe that our department does take this role of very stereotypically this white perspective. So I think their their race is not an effect on our education, but I think that more diversity would probably better our education system. I just think in general though it would, but especially in history to prevent whitewashing. Yeah, I agree. Like as we mentioned, there's not necessarily any prejudice that our history teachers have. However, um, it is the case that there does need to be more diversity in the education system as a whole. And, um, you know, realizing that we didn't really define whitewashing, so how would you define whitewashing? Whitewashing would just be limiting the perspective of people of color in a historical narrative and taking a very um, a very unique perspective that focuses and glorifies, romanticizes the role of white people in uh, the course slash outcome of history. Thank you. Um, have you ever noticed the effect of whitewashing on your fellow peers? students, friends, family? Yeah, definitely. I think people who have more of a general understanding, general knowledge of history, unfortunately that general knowledge that is taught is has been and is very whitewashed, which means that a lot of people who don't study history necessarily, don't take the time to really indulge and or question history, have this very whitewashed perspective. But that might just be because of the place they were educated. Um, but I think that the effects of whitewashing aren't too prevalent for so many people to the point where they feel that it's not necessary for them to learn about other people's perspectives, but it's much more necessary now than it ever has been. Yeah, and um, going back to that, why is it important, especially for white students or um, Western students to, to learn about whitewashing and to learn about authentic history. I think going back to what Alia said, it's less of a, a conscious decision to not learn about uh, the history of people of colour beyond them be fitting into the narrative of Eurocentric history, be it through colonisation or slavery, because at least in my history of my history of history class uh, is that when learning about people of colour's history, it is only um, to fit the narrative of uh, the larger um, history of a predominantly white country. Um, for example, when we talked about the civil rights movement, yes, that was a focus on people of color's history, but it was this focus on the racist aspect in relation to white people's history. And in general, I just think it's important that this ignorance does not continue on throughout the future generations because it's important to be socially and globally aware and continuing this would just continue the cycle of a lack of minority representation and then also within uh, people of colors circles it creates an issue of this self-identity and representation they see of themselves in the education system. Uh, anything else to add Alia? Um, I, I just think that it's important to add to the scope of general knowledge, not even for white people, but for people of colour to learn about other people of colour's history and to 
form a better understanding of each other and how history has shaped so many of the structures, so many of the societies that we have today. Um, for example, Native Americans in, in Canada and in the US have been so overshadowed and so many new days of celebration and recognition, Heritage Month, um, are all being developed um, so that people of people who are not of that ethnicity, of that background, can learn and take the time to understand other people's history. So what you're basically saying is that unlearning whitewashing and learning authentic history helps um, break down misconceptions, prejudices and stereotypes many POC people have to face. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, and um, Gracie, um, you mentioned that you wanted to talk about um, some white, some moments of history that have been whitewashed and some key moments of history. Yeah, definitely. So I went to an Australian primary school and if you know anything about Australian history, you do know that it's it's quite a dark period of history in that the colonization and um, oppression against the Aboriginal Australians was absolutely horrific. And the other week I was like going through my old textbooks and I found, well, writing books, and I found this um, lesson we did about when the English colonists moved into Australia. Um, and the way it's written is so, Romantic, romanticized isn't the right word, but it's just completely um, glorifying, glorifying in a way. The um, the English settlers, it said stuff like, the, they brought civilization to these um, Aboriginal Australians and they peacefully moved into their land. And that wasn't the case at all. And when you're that young, any information you receive from an authority figure, you're gonna take as the truth. At that young of an age, you're not going to receive information and immediately start questioning it, especially when it's from a teacher. And I do understand that to an extent, this is obviously to an extent, teaching young kids about, you know, incredibly traumatic or, you know, bloody aspects of history could have a negative effect on their mental health. But at the same time, treating this invading in Australia as this kind of peaceful takeover of the land just promotes this harmful ignorance all over the country which you still see today and yeah it just spreads this idea of ignorance. You both um, happen to write articles for said um, on important moments for POCs fighting for their rights um, that were over often overshadowed overlooked. What inspired you to write these articles? Um, one of the articles I wrote was about apartheid and I think something that's so intrinsic about apartheid is that it was this instance of minority control. So that means that minorities, this white minority, still had the control over the narrative and had control over global perception and international perception and then long-term perception as well because apartheid wasn't actually that long ago and I think people forget that this period of time where people of colour and people of the not white race were just treated so horribly in every aspect of life happened and people obviously people did stuff about it but there was no escaping the white narrative that was well the predecessors because of the col colonization and it's very ancient racism 
I mean, it's it's all in the structure. And I think the whitewashing of history feeds the structuralist racism. Whereas if you unlearn that, like you mentioned, Uma, then you can try and tackle the the layers of racism that are in there through the teachings of apartheid and the now how apartheid should be perceived. So that's why I wrote that article, just to talk about, just to highlight that this is something that happens and that people should be aware of their biases when talking about an element of history that's so sensitive for so many people still now. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I wrote my article about the Little Rock Nine, who were this group of African-American students who attended a high school in America, a white, originally white high school in America and were met with severe protesting. And um, this was after the um, bill was passed to desegregate schools. And I just thought that was really important, not only because there are so many famous photos of that instance of these African-American students walking into school and being met with these protests, but also exactly what Ali was saying, it's in living memory. The members of the Little Rock Nine are still alive today. And I just think it's so important to learn about because it's going to school. It's not this, you know, completely um, abstract idea that none of us have had to live through. We go to school every day. And it's just insane to me that in living memory, black people going to school in the United States of America, which, you know, today is this progressive place, a world power that within this living memory, there was such protest against uh, black people simply going to school. And I think it's so important to learn about because exactly as Alia said. Yeah, and like you've been saying, like, you know, these are like recent events that have been happening in the world, yet often schools and curriculums overlook them. I mean, it brings up the question, will everybody be able to learn like all the important key moments of POC history? And is it possible for a school curriculum to do that? I think it's it's so entrenched in in these curriculums to have this whitewashed Eurocentric narrative or just to focus on the dominant group. Like I know, for example, in, in grade 10, we learned about Russia and we learned about the uh, Russian Revolution. And there was so much that I feel was missed about the ethnic minorities in Russia, how, how they were um, affected by the Russian Revolution, what they did, their own um, groups and, and associations. And there's only, obviously there's only so much room in the curriculum, but I think that by changing the history that's taught in the first place, where you don't teach it as this glorified dominant nation who has this problem, and then there were also some ethnic minorities, but they weren't a big part. You have to change the entire narrative. So I think it can be done and I think it should be done because there's room for improvement just not necessarily additions. And I think the history that is being taught now is already flawed inherently by the institutionalized racism. So then I think that changing everything or ch at least progressing in some way would do good for a lot of um, future generations. Yeah, I also think that the current history that's being taught does help to promote these harmful stereotypes that, about um, people of color's history that 
uh, is in the curriculum that we learn that, as I mentioned before, is that while apartheid happened and segregation and the civil rights movement and we're never taught about black history or other racist history on its own, um, it's only taught uh, as them being the slaves of white people or their oppression. And I think to us, it's less so um, effective of, on our view of these groups because we're interested in history and we know beyond the curriculum. But to some people, say, who aren't particularly interested in history, just learning about um, African-Americans, African-American history as them being slaves, and just learning about um, Indians' history as them being colonized by the British is really harmful because there is, there is a world of history out there and it's for these groups and it shouldn't just be taught that they were oppressed by Europe, basically. Yeah, I agree. And I think there's also these concepts, people are trying to be more progressive where they have like Black History Month and then they do mm. Black History lessons. But it's like, okay, so is every other month White History Month? Like, why is it so that there has to be some sort of quota? Why is it that Yeah, the fact so these months focused? exist show that Exactly. Like, this, it, it's a very deep issue. Mm -hmm. And Black History Month, like, teaching students one lesson in, like, the span of 12 months is not going to change this. It's just going to perpetuate it. Exactly. And honestly, thinking about the whitewashing of history has actually made me realise how I take it for granted learning about the history of my ancestors. I know exactly what happened to, you know, the... I know exactly what my history was, and I do take that for granted because we have entire units about my ancestors, Great Britain, all of this from a obviously a white perspective. And I honestly just couldn't imagine, but I've never even thought of it before, but obviously now I'm reflecting and thinking how it must feel to sit in a history class and never be taught your ancestors' history. And that's something I really take for granted. And I think um, other white students should recognize the fact that we are lucky in the sense that we learn about our history because it is a privilege. It's so important to learn about where, you're where you come from and your country's history. And many people don't get that. Wow, powerful. Um, <laughs> no, really, really. But um, so you mentioned like, you know, the importance of um, expanding on the history curriculum and you know, for insurance, racism needs to be tackled. How, what advice and tips can you give to individuals and, you know, how they can personally unlearn whitewashing or how to recognize whitewashing? I think it's just a matter of personal motivation and giving yourself the chance to access the resources that are out there. There are so many people who are working towards this, this mission of, unlearning and unwhitewashing history because people are people like like Gracie was touching on they want to know what happened to their ancestors so i think by using the resources that are out there and letting yourself be open to all sorts of perspectives all sorts of narratives that you might not have heard and just being ready for that experience i think is the the best advice i could give because i wasn't ready and it was like it was really cool to be able to learn more and, and challenge the history that I've known all my life. Mm. Yeah, I completely agree. And just on a personal level, I think something as simple as just reading the news can be really helpful because there's a world of difference in um, just knowledge about current affairs and of history because the news of today is convolutedly linked to what happened in historical events 
I think it's so important to just read the news and stay up to date with what's happening all over the world. Yeah, and read our website. We yeah, have so many great articles about, especially for the newsletter, about Native American Heritage Month, about Indian Heritage Month, about so many, so many different um, important awareness. Yeah, exactly. So many, so many events. Yes. Events. So be sure to check out um, Gracie and Alia's articles on important POC um, moments in history and also be sure to check out um, our article on whitewashing of history where it just gives a bunch of facts and also just restates everything we've already discussed of what whitewashing of history is. Um, and you know, that's a wrap everybody. Um, thanks for both of our guests for coming. Thanks for thanks the... For Thank you. <laughs> thanks for the listeners for tuning in. Hopefully you learned something new. Um, be sure to check out our website, thesaidcommittee.com, our Instagram, at thesaidcommittee, for more information. Also, if you have any questions or comments, be sure to contact us via Instagram or drop an email at thesaid.committee at gmail.com. Uh, we hope you have a great rest of your day and see you in the next podcast. Bye.